Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 233 of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler. I am doing fine. Unlike last week and stuff where I had hardly anything to play, this week is sort of different. But to put things into perspective, I actually started playing three different games this week. Nice. (laughs) Very cool. As well as, like, say, figuring out how to connect my PS4 controller to Steam. To be perfectly honest, though, ever since the update, like, this past summer, where Sony allowed Steam to access and, like, use, like, the DualShock 4 in order to play games on Steam, I basically spent a good part of, like, uh, the beginning of this evening going through the process, which is incredibly simple, actually. You just go through the picture mode, you go through and, like, uh, go through the controller settings, you click the little box and stuff that has a couple options you can either use it for steam controller xbox one or ps4 and basically it's just as easy as that Hmm. but uh oh yeah man i'm doing fine work's been pretty decent god man i'm still waiting for mario odyssey by the end of this month that's for sure two weeks i know i know that's the only game i'm really looking forward to this month coming out (laughs) oh well, hey, there's a lot of good games and stuff, but uh, at the same point, I know South Park, but I'm still <laughs> I'm still playing the fucking Snook of Truth. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, how have you been doing? Oh, man, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm on the plant at work uh, shut down for uh, this past Friday, Saturday night, by the way, if people don't know, uh, from this past Friday and this coming Monday, so I've got a four-day weekend, uh, so that's nice. Uh Actually, last weekend, Justin and I on Sunday kind of crossed something off, uh, I guess, our bucket list. I don't really know what you want to call it. But uh, something we've been talking about for years and years and years and years and years that they want, we want to do. Remember yeah. looking at the advertisements for it uh, um, back in the Nintendo Power when we were teenagers. Uh, yeah. We went saw the uh, Zelda uh, Symphony. Uh, they finally, for the first time ever, came here to Iowa. Uh, they came to uh, Des Moines here, uh, downtown. And we went and saw that uh, Sunday night, and it was um it was really cool. Like it, it, it was Justin and I were talking about it afterwards, and it's, it was it's weird though because like, like we didn't know what to do during the, the event. Like, they like the music was playing. It's beautiful music. We love the music. Like, I, I was like I like at times like Justin and I were talking. Like we both like like not knowingly like close our eyes and just sit there and listen to the music. Uh, <laughs> but when we were sitting there like watching it, it's like. They have a big screen above where they're playing, and it shows like, uh, like whatever song they're playing to, they're they're playing the music to that song, and you'll see like a trailer or you see some gameplay, 
of that song and the song kind of matches up with what's going on in the video nice <gasps> excuse me and was like do we watch the orchestra or do we watch the screen i don't know what to do i i personally watch the screen most of the time but uh, oh yeah that's that's just natural <laughs> yeah um but it was it was cool it was it was, it was a really cool thing and like uh, listening to some music and they did like an on an encore and they actually played uh towards the end his link's awakening uh was the second to last song which i didn't see coming did an oracle they pretty much said i think pretty much every zelda game was covered like nice outside of the cdi ones unfortunately i wish they would have covered those ones that's all i cared about <laughs> uh, that would actually be pretty funny no the uh the, the it was cool though like I, I never played skyward sword and listening to music from that one was cool and seeing some I've seen like some gameplay here and there, but never actually. Uh, but just kind of seeing the video on the screen and listening to the music was cool. Uh, my my two personal favorites, so out well, Majora's Mask was actually probably my favorite because uh, I think that's probably my favorite music from any uh, Zelda game. Um, but two of the ones I was most, the music I was most, I was most excited to listening to was Breath of the Wild. Uh, yes, and they actually had played two songs from Breath of the Wild, and I think it was the only game that got multiple songs played. Uh, it was like one of the first songs and it was the very last song. Uh, nice. and it was incredible. They were awesome. Uh, if you are a Zelda fan and you like the music, uh, and they come to your town, it's definitely, uh, it is worth the time and the money. Uh, not a super long event, like two and a half hours, uh, which was fine for me. It's a Sunday night. Uh, I had to get up early, but, um, yeah, it was cool. It was, I, I definitely is, I don't know if it's necessarily something I would go see again if they came in town. Uh, but it's something I'm glad I went and saw. I was telling Justin afterwards, yeah. I, I, I'd like to go to like a, a symphony where they played just a bunch of different music from video games instead of just one specific one. Because uh, really, outside of like music that I'd go see an orchestra for, there's not really a lot of game, single franchises or games i go see. Um, so if they did like best music from good games orchestra, that'd be cool to see. But yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, I know Justin enjoyed it quite a bit too. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, on... Uh, Friday, Evil Within 2 came out, and like I mentioned, I have Friday and Monday off, so that worked out perfectly for me, uh, And then, but it actually worked even better. Um, I thought it was perfect, but then it turned out to actually be perfect, because I got a call from GameStop, who I pre-ordered from, that uh, they were selling the game at 9 o'clock at night um, on, on Thursday night, uh, so I'm like, sweet, instead of getting, you know, waiting until 10 in the morning to go pick it up, I can just pick it up tonight, play it tonight, on Thursday night, and then get up, whenever I get up, you know, Friday morning, usually get up 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. And yep. play that instead. And uh, it was funny. It, it was probably the... Like, I've been to a handful of, like, uh, midnight sales or 9... Because, uh, like, nowadays they do a lot of 9 p.m. sales. Uh, and I've been to probably half a dozen of those um, over the last couple of years. And um, this was easily the weirdest one I've been to. Uh, so I got there, and there was a surprising amount of... A lot of uh, to me, surprising to me, a lot of people... Um, what I, what I completely forgot about that, not only was Evil Within coming out, which I think, sorry, I'm moving, I'm moving my, my chair. Um, I think, um, there's probably 20 people there. Uh, yeah, I'd say more than half were there for, uh, probably about half were there for Evil Within 2, but I, I didn't realize, um, that WWE 2K18, the special edition, uh, came out Friday. The regular edition comes out Tuesday. Um, and then I think probably about the other half, uh, I was actually, I think back, I'd say more than half were there for WWE. Probably the other one, everybody else was there probably for uh, Evil Within 2. Uh, but also Friday the 13th came out uh, on Friday the 13th as well. Worked out for them. 
Um, but someone mentioned wrestling, and it turned into like internet wrestling Twitter, or like <laughs> every because I at this point I didn't realize I I I was so confused because I'm like. I get we're nerds, you know, a lot of nerds like wrestling. A lot of people like video games, and they also like wrestling. Uh, but I, this is before I realized WWE 2K18 was out, was coming out, and I'm just like, it just turned into like the weirdest like shout. No one was like angry, but everybody was shouting, and I'm just like, I'm I, I was wearing a hoodie, and I realized my hoodie was unzipped, and I was wearing my uh, Daniel Bryan wrestling shirt, and I'm just like, oh fuck! So I turned around and I slowly zipped the hoodie up. Like keep me out of this because like they were going around asking opinions. I'm just like, what is happening right now? Like it was like the weirdest. Like people were arguing about Neville and John Cena versus Roman Reigns. It was oh my god. It was this. It was interesting to say the least. I'm just like, Where I got the there, fuck like, are you people? Yeah, I'm like, I'm just like, oh good. I just Lord. want the evil within too. Yep, I just for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I I got there like eight thirty five. I don't know why, and um, it was just like a half an hour, and like the, the the two people working there were also the ones that got it rolling and they kept it rolling, and they're like arguing about the game while trying to check people out. I'm just like, just check the fucking people out. I want the game. I want to get out of here, please. And it was it was bad. Then people were like, oh man, it was. It, <laughs> it turned into like people like one-upping each other on wrestling behind the scenes knowledge like who was the biggest uh like smart mark kind of thing and uh trying to increase yeah, the wrestling was, penis anyway yeah pretty much it was just like it was e-penis contest is all it was uh and i was like this is like i i like talking about wrestling and people and, and all that but like i don't want to talk about it with you guys and i just like oh. got my game i got the fuck out of there as soon as i could, I could. but another interesting thing on top of that was there's this guy that was there, and when uh, uh, he was wearing a Friday the uh, Jason uh, Friday Thirteenth Jason shirt, yeah, and it was, uh, and I asked him like, "Oh, are you here to get Friday Thirteenth?" Uh, he's like, "No, I, I did the Kickstarter for it." I'm like, "Oh, really? How, uh, I'm like, so um, which one did you get?" And like, I was asking like, "What you got for it and all that?" And he told me he got the, he paid sixty dollars and he got the, uh, the physical edition, like collector edition, one they're gonna do, yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard they got delayed and all that. And I'm like, because it came out Friday 13th, came out digitally a few months ago, I think back in June. Yes. Um, yes, it did. And then it came out physically, you know, this past Friday, obviously. And uh, I was talking to him about that because I heard it got delayed. This has come out at launch with the digital game, but then it got delayed. And I'm like, hey, when'd you get it? And he's like, oh, I still haven't got it yet. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, so wait, how much did you, I'm like, how much did you pay for this? He, so mind you, the game is $40. It's out now. He paid for the Kickstarter sixty bucks. Wow! And he still doesn't have the game. I guess it came out. It's gonna be out. They're gonna be getting. It got delayed. Uh, the the Kickstarter ones got delayed. They're gonna give him some extra like magnets and stickers and stuff like that to make up for uh-huh. it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but it, I guess they're getting it. Um, I think towards the end of the month now instead. So it's be a week or two late. Uh, but yeah, just that was kind of an interesting thing. When I was talking to him about that. I was just like, I I I knew it got delayed. But I didn't know it was still. I thought people like, got That's it by terrible. now. Uh, yeah, but I was like, he's like, yeah, I love. He's like, he's telling me like he loves horror movies. Like he's a big Hollywood uh, Halloween fan and Jason and Freddy and all those. And he was pretty mad about it, which understandably so. Uh, you know, you you support him and you actually pay more money. It's like the game's forty bucks in stores. You paid sixty uh, month years ago, and you still haven't got the game yet before everybody else got the game. So. Um, yeah, kind of crappy, but I thought it was kind of an yep. interesting story. 
Uh, all in all, a very interesting uh, event for me. Not really event, but uh, moment in my gaming life uh, that I don't want to ever relive again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I'd rather play Unravel than go back to that. Uh, yeah, but uh, before we get into everything else, I uh, want to talk about it real quick again. And if you're sick of trying to hear about this, I don't really care. Uh, you're going to hear about it for the next uh, few weeks. And it's for a good cause, so I don't have a problem doing it. Um, so three weeks from tonight, uh, three weeks from today, uh, as of this recording, uh, it is going to be Extra Life. Uh, it's on November 4th. Uh, Saturday, November 4th starts about um, the typical time is 9 a.m. Your, your time. 25-hour uh, 25 25 marathon, 24, 25, whatever you're up to, uh, whatever you feel like doing. A marathon, a video game marathon, raising money for sick kids uh, all around the world. Goes All the money raised goes to Children's Miracle Um Network hospitals. Uh, you could pick the hospital in the United States that you want to, that you want to support. Uh, put it out there. Send the links out. People will support you. Donate money to you. You can donate money to other people if you want to. Um, and raise money. All the money goes to good causes. Uh, I think it's a really cool event. Extra-life.org is its website. Um, if you want to support us personally, uh, I'm Tyler Courtney on there. Just go to the extra-life.org. Uh, in the top right is a search. Just go up there. Type in my name. And you'll find me and donate to me, please. Or you can also donate to uh, yep. Gabe Bagno, Gables. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the money I earn goes to Iowa City Children's, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. All the money that Gables raises goes to the Seattle yep. Hospital. Um, so 100% of the money goes to them. It's a really cool event. It happens once a year. It is my uh, favorite day of the year. It's my Christmas as an adult. Uh, so, yeah, it's a cool event. Thousands of people do it every year. raises tens of millions of dollars every year. Uh, check it out. If you don't, if you don't interested in doing it yourself, if you have some people play video games, uh, tell them about it to spread the word. Uh, it's a it's a really cool, really fun uh, thing that we that us and other people do. Uh, moving on uh, to the actual meat potatoes of the show, um, we are a video game podcast. Obviously, uh, actually, I'm and also a podcast. We like to drink beer. Uh, currently today, I'm drinking a very weird beer. I gotta say, it is a Samuel Adams. Uh, spicy and sweet um notes beer it's got like cinnamon in it (laughs) good luck with that it's it's (laughs) yeah it's super weird i've been like i had like i I got them last week i drank one i'm like ah it's all right i'm kind of choking well let me ask you this tyler (sighs) every time you drink Uh things with cinnamon you do you get like flashbacks of drinking the fireball (laughs) well i didn't (laughs) till now I'm just wondering, you know, it's like, that's just one of the main things, like, you're just drinking a cinnamon drink, and all of a sudden just have random flashbacks to you drinking that Fireball whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can taste the Fireball now, let me say something. See, I, I had I had a beer and a half left of this choke down, I don't know if I can do it now. So, you might have just ruined it for me. Unintentionally, by by chance, but it just it's just funny that you're just drinking yeah, something cinnamon yeah. related. Un- unintentionally, sure, Gables. We'll go with that. Gables is really mean. I don't know if you know those people. He's a really mean person. Oh, God. Not a... No. Yeah. Now you get a God. joke. Yeah, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I'm going to try drinking their drink of those. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's Fireball. Oh, God. Uh, We gotta move on here so I can forget about that and then drink the rest of this beer. Not thinking about Fireball. 
all right um so like i said we are a we were a podcast where we drank beer uh, now we are no longer that um uh, <laughs> Now we're just a now we're just a couple nerds talking about video games. Way to go! You took away our one <laughs> unique thing. And now we're just a regular video game. Podcast. I didn't say you could stop drinking uh, beer unless you have flashbacks of fucking fireball every time you drink something. <laughs> no, you ruined beer for me forever. Alcohol is I'm gonna ban it from my system. Oh, probably. I don't think you're gonna do that. Well, welcome to episode 233 of the Dash Nerds podcast, um, where we just talk about nerd stuff. Thanks a lot. That's what we're calling now, Dash Nerds. Uh, no, anyways, let's uh, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of the show. Now I really want meat yeah. and potatoes, so that's good. Uh, burrito. Ooh. Yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> God damn it. Um, let's switch up into some news real quick. Not a lot going on this week. A uh, couple of things I want to go over real quick. One uh, uh, that's kind of a big event. I mean, not a big event. The big thing, I think, uh, is the first... Um, Super Mario Odyssey review has uh, come out. Uh, Edge Magazine, I think it's in uh, the UK, I want to say, uh, got their first review out there. It actually kind of leaked a few days early. Uh, the, the score did mm. 10 out of 10, uh-huh. his first review. Uh, no big su- surprise there. They are notorious for giving Nintendo games 10 out of 10s. Not saying there's anything there to it, just saying they are notorious for giving Nintendo games 10 out of 10s. Uh, Breath of the Wild did pre- earlier this year, and there's been a few others uh, as well. But uh, a lot of interesting things came out of that review. A uh, couple things I want to go over real quick is that the, um, I think the biggest thing coming out of it is that they're saying, so the power moons you get in this game, so like you're not getting the suns anymore, the stars, you're now getting uh, um, power moons. And they said there are almost as many power moons in this game as there are as there are Korok seeds and no. um, Breath of the Wild. Oh, no. And there's, yeah, and there's 900 core, I think 900 core exceeds in Breath of the Wild. So we're talking 800, 700? Well, bye bye, Justin. Power moons? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still playing Breath of the He's Wild. He's still collecting the core exceeds, isn't he? I, I, I guess. He still plays it. He's he's done everything oh in that game God. except get the core exceeds. Uh, yeah, so um, he's still playing that game. He's put like I think over 160 Ooh. hours now at this point into that game, and uh, still going strong. And now <laughs> Mario Odyssey is coming out, and that's going to have nearly as many. And I think he loves Mario just as <laughs> much, if not true. more, than Zelda. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I think that's that's it's pretty surprising to me. Uh, I was reading a bunch of things. I guess there's like over 50 different people you can take over as Cappy. Uh, in the game, so different enemies, things like that. You don't have to actually have to use the cap if you don't want. Excuse me, if you don't want to. Burping up fireball now. Uh, like my body's rejecting the cinnamon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I was reading the the kind of the I, I, I can't read the review, but I was, I found uh, one of the websites and they were doing a it's kind of the, some you know quick hits of the of that. And I thought that was the most that was the thing that stood out to me the most is just. How many? I'm, I can't believe that. I remember, like Justin getting all the all the stars in Super Mario Galaxy One and Two. I remember when I think Super Mario Galaxy Two had uh-huh. like 251 stars, and he put like like wow. probably 100 hours in that game. I remember. I remember him and me sat there for like six seven hours just getting oh. like the last three stars in that game. Just the last three. 
uh, collecting the last one was insane uh, in, in that game. And it's just, yeah, like now this game is going to have hundreds of them. And a lot of them are like secret ones, like secrets. You got to find them. Like I, I saw, I was actually watching a little video and someone went to like, they found this little hidden world they can go into. And like inside the hidden world where they're getting the power moon, they found a second power moon huh? hidden in the hidden world. Yeah. So now they got like power moons hidden inside the hidden oh areas of these other power moons. So, yeah. Like this, like the more I watch this game, it's just like insane to me. Like people are like going off these weird places. I'm like, where are they going? Oh my God. There's a whole section over there. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, uh, yeah. Oh, Goodbye shit. Gables and Justin. I'm going to be doing the show by myself. <laughs> come, come November. It's just going to be me. It's going to be, it's going to become like my worst nightmare. It's the saddest <laughs> podcast ever. Tyler talking for 20 minutes by himself. Well, I just pet my dog today. Uh, well, I'm just going here drinking my fireball whiskey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, fire, drinking fireball whiskey, playing Wolfenstein 2, and uh, pet my dog. Yeehaw! But in all seriousness, though, that is interesting. Those tidbits coming out of the Edge review. Because just the thought of like there being like multiple different types of like say layers upon layers upon worlds and stuff when it comes to collecting these moons and these like these power moons and doing a lot of various things with it god bless man that's so much depth inside of a, a typical mario game yeah yeah they, they said they breath of the wild um mario is what this is well, I'm so. certainly glad that it's not in, like, uh, Mario 64 when it comes to, like, say, collecting one power star and then going out into the overworld. <laughs> yeah, so this one is just, they're, uh, they're not really open world. It's not really open world, but there's multiple open I think there's, I think, uh, 13, I want to say, open uh, environments you can go into. You just go in yeah. there and just do that. So, and there's, uh, and I guess they came out with some more news about the, um, with the, uh, the, I guess all of the amiibo do something in the game now. Really? Uh, every single one will do something. I think like the 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 Mario Odyssey uh, specific um, uh, amiibos do like unlock like the wedding costume outfits. Oh. Uh, but I think all the other uh, amiibo um, also do something as well. But there's nothing, no information. I don't think there's any information on what they actually do specifically, uh, as far as the coins or the power moons, what they are exactly. But. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of details coming out here um, lately about that game. So, oh my um, gosh, yeah, I, I think this is gonna be the first Mario game I've ever bought at launch. So I am uh, pretty excited about this. It's gonna be fun. Oh uh, my god, you know what? This is gonna be my. Now that I think about it, this is gonna be my my first uh, console Mario game buying at launch since I want to say 3D World, 3D yeah. World, yeah. Super Mario yeah. 3D World. Yeah. Now that I think about it, that was like a number of years ago now. 2013? Yeah. yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. Jeez, man. It's hard to think about it. That game was that long ago, but it's like... It's a great game. It's... Yeah, it's definitely a great game. It's one of the best games on the Wii U, but... Uh, man, yeah, I, I... It created the best character in video game history in Captain Toad, so... Oh, that's very true. <laughs> He's definitely one of the best characters in that game, and not only that, he got his own spinoff series. But yep. now that I think back and stuff, I've made it a point to buy console Mario games after launch. I mean, I did it with Sunshine. I did it with, uh, like, a New Super Mario Brothers uh, Wii and stuff. Galaxy. 
oh my god, I remember pre-ordering Galaxy and stuff and like getting that phone call from GameStop. It's like, hey, you pre-ordered Super Mario Galaxy, that person that sounded like fucking uh, Mario or something like on the phone <laughs> and stuff. I got my collector's coin still from Mario Galaxy. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think Justin has that too. I remember, I think he went specifically to that store. I think, what was it? Yeah, was it GameStop almost? Yeah. Yep. And he got the coin. Uh, actually, uh, Best Buy has the exclusive deal right now where you get it through them. You get the, uh, you get a, uh, a coin for them as well. Oh, that's so. really cool. Yeah. My gosh. It's like Mario Odyssey. It definitely looks like it's the natural evolution of Mario Galaxy. So that is in and of itself mind-blowing and exciting at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pumped for it. I, I'm at this point now when I read that, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to like, because what sucks is like the two biggest Nintendo games of the year, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey um, coming out. Maybe two of the biggest Nintendo games of all time come out at the same time. I know. Uh, as another game that I am super looking for. Like I Horizon know. was was one of the most looked forward to games of the year for me. Comes out three days before Breath of the Wild. Now the same day as that, maybe the third or fourth most looked forward to game for me this year. And Wolfenstein 2 comes out. And it's like, well, fuck. What did I tell you? So, it's like, Tyler, yeah. what did I tell you, both you and Justin? It's like, it's like almost every ten years there seems to be something that happens. Like, say... 1997, that was a big year in gaming. 2007 was the same thing. And now 2017, it's like games upon games upon games that are mm-hmm. fantastic. We yeah, like a- we just literally came out of like last couple of years where, okay, maybe there was like maybe a handful of games that we consider great games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this year is different. It's like we have multiple great games released in a year span, and I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's spread out over the year. It's not just like everything hit the holiday uh... season, too. Yeah, it's like, it was funny. Like, remember we talked about last year? Like, last year, 2016 to me was like the year of surprises. And this is like the year of when like every video game ever lived up to the hype. I know. Like, like, like no, I don't think there was any game, like big AAA game that Tyler, came out with a lot of hype around it that didn't live up to it. Literally, the last year that I could actually remember that had this many hits one after another was way back at 2007 when the Xbox 360 yeah. was finally getting into the swing of things. Releases of yeah. the games like Half-Life 2, the Orange Box came out yeah. on the 360. You had Bioshock, you had Mass Effect, you had like all these other... Rock Band, Call of Duty 4, Super yes, Galaxy. Yes, all of those games yeah. came out in 2007 and all of those games not only lived up to the hype but they defined the generation for the, yeah. the gamers that came out. Yeah, yeah, this this might be it here too. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy couple uh, couple weeks coming up here. Oh, definitely, because uh, you had yeah. Oh, just go ahead, go through what's going to be released in a couple weeks here. Oh yeah, well we got you know Evil Within Two came out this past week. Maybe not the biggest deal, but it's a big deal to me. You know, you got uh, South Park coming out on Tuesday. Uh, WD2K2K18 uh, is also out this Tuesday. Uh, what was it next? Then you have shit. Uh, there's something coming. I think on the 20th as well. I can't think of. But then yeah, you get the 27th where you got Assassin's Creed, which we that's like the forgotten game of October 27th. And then you got yeah Mario Odyssey and then Wolfenstein 2. So and then the, after that, the week after that, you got Call of Duty World War 2. And then right after that, you got um Star Wars Battlefront 2. Okay, let me put this in perspective for our listeners listening into the show right at the moment. For me, personally, I look at it as a year of the biggest, kind of like the biggest surprises in terms of how much quality is hitting in one year. But I think of it as this way, where 
not only do we have like great games, but I can just literally name off like about five to ten games released just this year that not only live up to the hype, but are fantastic games. We're talking about games like, say, Horizon Zero Dawn. Resident Evil 7 is definitely looking like it's going to be Game of the Year material, too, for what it's mm-hmm. definitely going through. Near Automata, kind of a niche RPG and stuff, but that's been getting not only rave reviews, but people absolutely love the shit out of that. I got a best, mm-hmm. I got a couple good friends that absolutely love that game and that series. Then you have, like, uh, Hor- well, Horizon Zero Dawn. Did I already say that? Yeah. Okay, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm talking about Persona 5, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, Persona 5. I'm... There's another PS4 exclusive that came out, right? Like I, always, I always get that near mixed up. Oh, oh my gosh, that other one. <laughs> the the uh, PS4 exclusive. Jesus Christ. I can't remember what it's called. I always forget about it. But yeah, you got, you know, Hellblade, uh, Cuphead. Yep. Uh, you Freaking, let's see. Not all the games coming out here soon, so. Not just Cuphead and stuff. You have Destiny 2. You also have. Destiny 2, yeah. Like Metroid, Samus Returns, that just like uh, released not too long ago and stuff. But, uh, hell, even the Danganronpa. Like three. three, that game has yeah. received some very fantastic reviews as well, and it's also like uh, it's something I want to get to, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's funny because I think it's crazy to me is that a lot of games that might be in people's honorable mentions might be a lot of other people's yep. game of the year. It's how big of a year this is. So yeah, it's 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 been a fun year for gaming. Uh, it's going to continue on to be for the next Agreed. month or so. Um, yeah, but um, let's go ahead and move on real quick. Uh, oop, got a plane flying over here. Little trend's getting a little upset. So I picked uh, Wolfenstein 2 over Mario Odyssey. <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully, you didn't hear that comment, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, but moving on, uh, Cuphead. We talked about it a lot yeah. in the last couple weeks. I officially tapped out to it live on uh, in audio on the podcast last week. Um, has officially hit over a million copies awesome. sold. Uh, yeah, so um, they kind of one of the, one of the directors of the director of the game, Chad Moldenhauer, I believe is how you say his name, kind of came out uh, and said that we have worked tirelessly over the past few years to deliver a game that remained true to our vision, and we are both humbled and excited that so many people from around the world are playing Cuphead. It truly makes all the all all it all worth it. Um, yeah, so. This is a, it's a really interesting story where like I think it was only like four or five guys. It's the first time they yes. really made a game. They it's hand drawn in an animation. They wrote all the code of this themselves. And when Microsoft came in to come help them, uh, when they wanted to give them like when they when they gave them exclusivity to Microsoft, uh, give them the sizzle reel and all that mm-hmm. information, and give them some some uh, advertisement, Microsoft kind of came in to kind of uh, help out a little bit. Um, and when they looked at the code and looked at everything, it's like, how did you make this? <laughs> what are you guys using like this like they didn't use like, like this is all their own shit and like they kind of did it in like a bass backwards kind of way um but yeah it's really cool i mean these guys all put uh took an extra mortgage out on their house to make this game pay for this game i know and now they have it looks like it's paying off for them so that's really cool uh really cool thing like maybe not something everybody should do uh but these guys had a vision they stuck to it uh and it looks like it's gonna work out for them i mean like i talk about like it's a great fantastic game that i'm just unfortunately not good enough to playing um uh, but seems like everybody across the board um uh, is either even if they someone like me a lot of people are in the same boat as me it was like it's super hard and i can't beat it 
but we all respect it and we all love it. Uh, so that's really great to hear. I think it's it's getting in the high eights and nines on pretty much everybody everywhere for reviews. Um, so really cool story, and uh, you know I'm happy these people um, seem to be recovering financially uh, and hopefully mentally uh, and physically. Excuse me, burping up fireball again, uh, and um, mentally and physically for from the I don't know what four or five years. I mean this was a uh, shown off as a Xbox One uh, launch event like they shut off this game for the first time so over four years now probably five years of development um and it looks like it's going to work out for him so I mean, yeah cool cool little story there a little um uh like a rocky kind of story it's come out came out of nowhere and shocked the world as it were and uh seems like they're gonna come out looking good in this situation but yeah i uh, just want to mention it moving on to one other thing i want to talk about Kind of a bigger thing, uh, loot boxes. Huh. Uh, yeah, uh, it's becoming. It's been a thing for a long time now uh, in gaming, uh, and it's it's eked over. I mean, it's been talked about with free to play games for years and years and years, and the cell phones and stuff like that. Uh, but now it's been eking over the last handful of years over into um, uh, sixty dollar triple A major uh, games. Some yes. gi- yeah. Uh, some Jim Sterling has uh, they has, has uh, cleverly uh, coined fee to pay, uh, kind of a clever little term there. Basically, games that cost money out of the out of the gate, and then you got to pay additional money to get other things in the game. Uh, and it's getting this year. It seems like, and we talked about it a little bit before the show, but uh, you kind of summed it up pretty well, where you said that um, microtransactions and DLC or uh, not DLC, but loot boxes are like all these great games are coming out. And the loot boxes and everything like that are overshadowing mm-hmm. these games. Uh, as all all these great games are coming out, and all we a lot of people are talking about is is the loot boxes. And a lot of people are getting mad. A lot of people are voting with their wallets, not going to buy the sports games that that support loot boxes and microtransactions, things like that. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. What um, I mean, I got my own opinions, and I've heard a lot of other people's opinions on it. I'm kind of curious what your overall thoughts are on the kind of where the industry is going with these Well, things. in order to understand the concept of my viewpoint upon loot boxes, I look at the entirety of how games are structured as it is right now in terms of, like, what major publishers are going through and uh, doing their price points while releasing games. Currently, you have, like, $60 standard editions. Then sometimes you have maybe a deluxe edition, which is sometimes around 70 maybe $80, and then... There are some games that even have another edition that usually either is like a hundred or maybe in WWE 2K18's like a case like a hundred fifty dollars where you have like all mm-hmm. these random DLCs, all these like uh, extra superlatives and stuff that the the publisher had put in. Maybe like you know the John Cena action figure and the whole autograph this and that. I mean, yeah, that's all well and good and stuff, but inside and what other gamers have had issues with is with the standard sort of $60 games you're left with sometimes feeling like you're getting a shell of like what you initially paid for and what I mean by shell is sometimes you play a game a $60 game that you just bought and all of a sudden it feels like there's content not only just missing but it feels like there is other aspects of the game that's just starting to get a little bit more grimier in terms of like what you could like basically enjoy and by means of grind like grimier sort of like feel and stuff there are random things that pop up in sort of modern games today that i personally think that is like 
they can be decent if used correctly, but with things like microtransactions and for loot boxes, I kind of feel like it's sort of a double-edged sword with I with both. Sometimes DLC is sometimes like additional DLC could be like this too, but how I feel currently with say loot boxes. I personally don't give a shit about loot boxes. I don't generally go for and use them. I'm not the type of person that goes and pays extra for a game as, unless it's a game I absolutely enjoy and I will go through and get the DLC for if I want to. But in terms of, say, games that use loot boxes rather well, I kind of feel that Overwatch has a great implementation of, say, a loot boxing system to where you could use points that you've earned, say, by playing matches online, and you go through and you can unlock these loot boxes that unlock, say, extra voices for specific characters, or maybe, like, extra gear, maybe some banners, or whatever the hell that else that Blizzard has hid inside there. None of which really affect the modern gameplay itself for the online modes. Now, an example of things that are kind of sort of like in the dark gray matter of these like these loot boxes or games supported like uh games sort of like Shadow of War where you basically not just Shadow of War but like games like also say Star Wars Battlefront 2 where that's starting to kind of blur the lines in terms of like sort of being like sort of a pay to win sort of option sort of say where for a game like Battlefield 2, there are now, like, random things that could eventually affect online play, despite what the developer has stated, you know, not just the developer, but, like, the publisher EA has stated beforehand, where it's, like, level capped or something to specific items, specific weapons, and stuff like that. But, uh, honestly, I'm of the opinion to where if you're going to implement loot boxes inside of your game on top of, like, this microtransactions were at its worst could potentially even ruin the enjoyment of like the game itself i mean i look at wwe not wwe but i look at nba 2k18 for example with the whole my character sort of story mode where even like some like editing of like the character's basic things that you do in other games like editing its the character's look a clothes of shoes and yeah. having to pay a little micro like pennies in the dollar just to change that that's not okay that is absolutely horseshit but in terms of just overall in general i may not care about loot boxes but at the same point and stuff they can be adequately used well <laughs> that's pretty much how i feel in a nutshell, about uh, loot boxes and stuff like that in general. But what do you think, Tyler? Um, I'm pretty much all there with you. Uh, I, I think some, I mean, do I necessarily like the idea of loot boxes? No. Do I want to pay extra for something I've already paid 60 bucks for? Of course not. Um, but like you said, Overwatch, I mean, that was that was a point I was going to make. Because Overwatch is the closest, I think, to perfect as we've gotten with this. Where it's like, yeah, it sucks. Something that used to be free and come with games all the time. Uh, is no longer free. Cost buying extra costumes, uh, yeah, voice lines, uh, little logo things for your, your your character emblems. You know, like that stuff is all loot boxes now. Uh, I mean, that's the closest. The only thing, complaint I have with it really is that the biggest complaint I have is that you can get repeats, and when you get repeats, they give you a right. small amount of money 
uh, for currency you can buy other stuff in the game uh, and that stuff that that stuff that's like the grossest thing to it and it is pretty gross to me but it, I mean as far as like anybody like where I can point to as a, the best example for it I mean they're it and they're really the maybe the only really good one like NBA 2K18 is probably the most disgusting to me like it, it's been a problem Agreed. for uh, probably about a decade. I remember playing it on the 360. I used to, I'm not. I don't buy it every year, but I buy it every couple of years. I pick it up and play it. I love playing the Superstar mode. Um, back in the day, I played a lot, and the whole game was based like your Superstar was like awful when you first started playing, and it would take you a season and a half, couple maybe two seasons before you got actually really good at the game. Before you came like your character's ratings got really so you can be really good. Uh, which that can take you anywhere from 20 to 100 hours before you got there, maybe even longer, depending on how long the games are you play uh, and how much time you invest in in your customization of it. Uh, and so if you want to get quicker, you spend 20 bucks or something like that, and your character is going to go from garbage to pretty good pretty quickly. Uh, and it's gotten worse. And worse. I mean, the last one I really bought was uh, 2K14, and it gotten it got worse in there, and it was like ah, I don't even want to play this anymore. And like it even spilled over into like the a franchise mode, where it's like uh, if you want your your general manager to be better, you can uh, you can spend real you can spend coins in the game, but you can you can buy if you don't you don't want to wait to earn these coins, you can just buy coins of real money. And it was like the prices were just high enough where it take you just long enough where you're like maybe I want to spend ten bucks. Uh, to do that, and in this one, two K eighteen, it's it's pretty, it's really bad. Where it's like, yeah, like you have to pay like two fifty in real money for if you want for a certain haircut or for a certain piece of clothing that your character doesn't even wear in the in the actual during ninety ninety nine percent of the game you play, he's wearing his basketball jersey. Uh, the only time you're going to see the 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 uniform or the suit or whatever you paid for him is in cutscenes, which are a few and far between. Oh, 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 Tyler. Just to just to mention something though, you mentioned like how like you're paying for Lin Avenger like little bits of clothing for like uh, NBA 2K18 and stuff. Well, Forza her like Forza Motorsports Seven does something similar to that, and it's for basically a driver you don't even see yeah. anywhere while you're racing in real life. It's like your drive character. You can buy little costumes with real money if you choose to. Well, maybe not. Maybe not real money, maybe at this point, but it may lead down the line to that. But it's just the fact that you have to use points, not only to, not only to go forth and change like the the character, the way he looks and stuff, like what types of like clothes and stuff. But the worst part about it is you don't even see the character at all while you're driving the game or doing like that because that's obviously that's yeah. fucking weird <laughs> in a driving game. You don't see the driver in a driving game. You go forth, you see the car. You know, but uh, anyway, continue. No, that's a good points. point too. I was actually gonna leave there eventually with Forza Motorsports, where like they would like the, there's like the special VIP edition you can buy. I think it was like 100 bucks, and you get the game four days early. Mm-hmm. It's a Tuesday, you get it on Friday, and you got like double XP for the entirety of the game if you bought the special edition um, for everything you do. And now I think with this one, it's like you get like only like 10 the first 10 events you get double XP instead of the entirety of the entirety of your gameplay time. Um, and that's just like, that's a real kick in the nuts <laughs> to, uh, people buying a hundred dollar version are the biggest fans. So you're just really kicking them in the nuts more than anybody, um, uh, with that. Um, and we're just in a weird time where everybody, we got to understand that loot boxes are not going away. I mean, it, it, someone came out a report earlier this week and it was kind of interesting when they talked about GTA five, GTA online, uh, this last fiscal year. Generate over five hundred million dollars in profit for uh, um, 
for in microtransactions. This is a five-year-old game making five hundred million dollars, over five hundred million dollars in uh, in microtransaction profit uh, in sales. Uh, EA raised one made one point three billion dollars with a B uh, in in uh, microtransaction and DLC. That's DLC, season passes, and uh, extra content like ultimate card. The ultimate cards, uh, ultimate team. Uh, stuff in Madden and FIFA, I think, and now uh, NBA Live has it too. Uh, I think last year was like three or four hundred million dollars raised in that, and just sales like that. Um, Activision raised over, made over three billion dollars uh, in profits off DLC, microtransactions, loot boxes, things like that. So this ain't going away. This is only going to get bigger. But I, I think yes, yes, that's that's uh, very true. Yeah, that's I think it's something we all got to understand, and we all bitch about it, but we all make exceptions for our, our games that we love. I bought in loot boxes in Overwatch. I spent the money back in the day on NBA 2K. Uh, I mean, we all will make reasons for a game that we really like. We'll, we'll, we'll we're gonna buy them. I, I bought them in NBA MLB that's The very Show. True. Like, it sucks. We don't like it, but we always make exceptions. Uh, and it's something we all got to understand, like uh, that this is gonna go away. But we are in a in a time right now where we can kind of decide what's right and what's not, and what they're going to get away with, and what they uh, what they can't get away with. Uh, That's the thing. That's the thing about the gaming industry in general, not just the gaming industry, but like the game publishing stuff. You give them like a little bit of leeway with certain things, like say how successful, which there's no doubt that they've profited. Like publishers have profited big time from the microtransaction stuff that they put inside their games and the loot boxes to their whole season passes that they want to go through for content that's not even been created yet. But at the same point, it's just leads up to the idea of like, how did all this money get there to these publishers to begin with, with these transactions. And that plays mostly to the part of apathetic, like uh, gamers that have gone through, you know, they just don't give a shit. They'll go through. They'll go through with their favorite games and stuff. They'll buy what they want when they feel that they just feel like that they want to get the most bang out of their buck. That's not a problem in terms of like say their enjoyment. I mean, hell, it's their game. They're gonna spend money based upon what they want to enjoy, what they want to consume as a consumer. But in hindsight, it's just contributing to the same aspect to what like say how video like you know how video games how a lot of it used to be where it was just a single content that a like a publisher and developer put out and stuff that was it you didn't have anything extra this and that and stuff but in terms of how things have gotten like say more expensive for the consumer because this is this is what i truly believe i believe video games have gotten more expensive in terms for the consumer over the years and it's not like say like uh back in the day where it's just like a single content it's like 60 80 dollars or something like that or some weird ones if they have memory chips like say close to 100 no we're talking about 60 dollar games you buy them brand new and they feel like sometimes some of them feel like shells of what they can be unless you go and you shell out like an extra maybe 25 to 30 for a season pass which then in of itself ups it up to like about about a 90 100 investment so Overall, even if you go through and splurge on this content, you're not saving anything. Basically, as smart, savvy, like savvy gamer in this modern 2017, they're going to look at that and they're going to think, okay, I'm not buying this game at launch. Why the hell would I even want to buy a game, a new game at launch? Especially when a year from it, I may even get it for like, say, 20 bucks. Maybe a year, six months, you can get it for 20. Oh, that's the thing. Two weeks, you can get it for 40. Yeah. I know. 
it's absolutely mind-numbingly ludicrous the way the game industry is at this moment in time to where big-name companies know that if they don't insert some other types of, like, say, microcosm of, like, uh, even more fees hidden inside these games, either by product placements, either by endorsement deals, or even, like, with even miniature, like, free-to-play microtransactions into even some of the biggest games, I do agree that a lot of these aspects are not going to go away, but at the same time, it's just... It's just, I feel like that a lot of this is just going to get even more, like, uh, convoluted in terms of things, you know? It's yeah. already confusing enough to where you have to buy three different, like, one of three different versions release of, a, like, a single game if you want to get the full experience. Hell, if you want to get a full experience of, say, like, the WB2K18, which I'm using that as an example because that's the game that's going to be releasing pretty soon... <laughs> If not already, if you're one of the ones that have actually went through and bought the deluxe edition, which, hey, that's your money. Spend what you want to enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I digress. I just – just really gets me <laughs> – just – Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 an interesting – like I said, interesting time where we, where we are the generation that's going to decide the future of this. But um, I heard this I heard this from somebody else. I don't want to take credit for it. Right. But, uh Somebody was saying, I'm going to vote in my wallet. I'm not going to buy Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I, someone spoke up, somebody else spoke up and said, well, I mean, they're because they don't like the microtransaction, like the loot box, stuff like that. And somebody else made the, the point is like, well, if you want to buy the game, buy the game. Because they're not going to look at the people, when they look at how these sales did on the microtransactions and see if it worked or not, they're not they don't care a shit about the people who didn't buy the game. They're going to look at the people that have bought the game. So if you bought the game and didn't pay any money towards the microtrans microtransactions, that's going to help in your case. That's going to help us get what we want. I'm not going to say I'm not saying go out there and buy every game that has loot boxes. No, you want of course to or not. not. But if it's a game you're interested in getting, still get it. It's fine to get that game. Just don't buy the microtransactions. Well, exactly the point. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's just if you really, that's the best way to vote with your wallet is buy the game that you really want, and then don't support the things you don't like. That's that's the best way you can do it. Like me personally, like Star South Park's coming out. I I desperately wanted to buy this the collector edition. That's 130 bucks. Couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, and it comes with the season pass, comes with a bunch of other stuff, came with a couple uh, figurines that are kind of cool. Yes. But I'm buying $100, I'm buying the $100 edition, I'm getting it for 80 because it's the Best Buy um, uh, awards card, award membership thing. But still, I'm paying the additional money, comes with season pass, comes with some extra content right at the beginning. It's a game that I'm super looking forward to. It's a, it's, it's a sequel to one of the best games, I think, that's come out in the last five years. Um and it, so I'm going to support that. You know, I'm buying a season pass. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's going to have stuff that I want to play more of. I'm going to be able to play that game again in two months, in three months, in six months. They're going to have more content. So if you want to support this thing and it sounds good to you, support it. Agreed. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to demonize loot boxes. I, I mean, overall, I mean, you, when you break it down, it's it sucks. Uh, but like I said, they're not going anywhere. Uh, it's just you make the decisions that you want to make. If you're fine with them and you want to, you're willing to pay for them, that's fine. Uh, free to play games. I have played free to play games, and I games I you know I, I've talked about it before. If it's a game I really like, I I throw them five ten bucks. Even if I'm kind of done with the game, yeah. I'm like oh, I played this game for twenty hours. Like, here's ten bucks. Thank you, you know. Uh, and it also kind of kept me going for a little bit longer too. Uh, so there's nothing. There's it, if you're okay with it, it's your money, it's your time. Spend the money how you want. Uh, just you know, think about everything before you do it. Is really all I'm saying. Uh, you should do that in life in general, but uh, with this case, I mean, this is a very sensitive situation in the gaming world. Uh, 
and we just got to learn to compromise and this is our way of voting um so yeah uh let's go ahead and move on to uh to some video games that we've been playing how about that yeah let's do that i mean we we really got into that shit <laughs> yeah yeah it was good it's it, i mean it's it's a, it's a it's the most it's the closest thing we can get to video games as uh as close as we can get to politics and video gaming is really this um so it's a it's a sensitive issue, issue for a lot of people don't donald trump this up people okay um anyways moving on gaming games that we've been playing let's talk about, talk about games coming out soon Let's talk about some games that uh, we, we have been playing. Uh, you mentioned you played a few new games, so yes, uh, I tell have. us about them. Before I get into the new games, I just want to say quickly, just for like a few minutes, I did finish Pokemon Diamond last Sunday. Oh, nice. But in the aspect of doing so, I went forth and probably had one of my most heated Pokemon matches that I've ever had in terms of like a final boss, a final endgame stuff. Now, a couple, like about a week or so ago on this podcast, I talked about my ordeal going through the Pokemon Trainer Red at the end of Pokemon Gold. But for this playthrough and stuff with my playthrough of Pokemon Diamond, I literally had one of the more epic battles in facing Cynthia again with not only an underleveled team, but it literally came down to two of her Pokemon, two of mine. I literally was facing down a Garchomp and a Melodic. The Garchomp is extra powerful because it knows moves that are like Giga Impact, which that's a high power move and stuff. But basically, I switched between a couple of different Pokemon that I have, my Gastrodon and I think uh, my Bronzong. So two of the Pokemon that I basically have used for the first time going through this playthrough, and I had... It literally came down to me healing up my Bronzong so it can absorb hits after, like, the Giga Impact and, like, Brick Break and all this other stuff. These these powerful moves and, and all these other things. And what ended up happening was, as soon as I was able to go through and uh, take out her Guard Chomp eventually... Man, her melodic was just like easy pickings pretty much because I basically, after going through that, I had my Bronzong learn the move uh, Grass Knot, which is a grass type move and affects the Pokemon based upon how much it weighs pretty much. So for melodic and stuff, it weighed quite a decent amount. So it was able to like get off like about uh, like quarter of the energy out of each like hit that I did. And so finally, after about 15 minutes of playing this one Pokemon match, just the most intense probably ending to a Pokemon game that I've experienced in quite a long time if ever, I finally win the battle my first time through the Elite 4 and uh against the champion with this playthrough, I did it all in one go. And that's something that I'm incredibly proud of. I didn't do that with my gold playthrough. I lost to uh, the Dark-type user, Karen, in the Elite Four before I faced off against Lance and stuff. So for me to go through with my team and basically win it with uh, a couple Pokemon I've never even used before, that made it even more better. As that is, with all that speaking though, as soon as I was done with that, I pretty much have made it a point where I am not playing a single Pokemon game until the release of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Because I just went through the past couple months playing three Pokemon games almost simultaneously. 
I am fucking done with this for a month. <laughs> with that, with that said, I have started three different games, three different games, all of which have come out this year. The one that I've played the least out of them, Destiny Two. Destiny Two, I have played. I have gone through at least around close to about 45 minutes, played through the opening section. I went through and uh, got all the powers back. Uh, basically, if you have not played Destiny 2 since it's already been out for a month, I'm sorry. I'm going to spoil a little bit of something going right here. So by going through the beginning portions of the game and stuff, I basically got my Titan powers back, obviously, by finding this mm -hmm. one, like, uh, that shard inside of, like, Oh man, I, it's either on Earth or some place that's like Earth or something. It's in the European dead yeah, zone. Yeah, it's in the European dead zone. So that's where I'm at right at the moment where I just got my things back. I just connected to the online thing like with other people for the first time. And I got to admit, that opening section for Destiny 2 outclasses any story progression that did Destiny 1. Which uh -huh. was little to nothing at all. Maybe a few tidbits here and there. Most of the stuff you had to read online boring not a fan of that go through the destiny 2 the beginning part of that and all of a sudden like have character after character that i've, I've not only seen from the original game but actually have more emphasis on focus with like uh, i think gosh what's the enemy in this one basically the cobalt cabal cabal basically yeah, cabal. it's just like a leader of the cabal that you're facing off against, pretty much. I gotta admit, it makes me want to play that even more. I must admit, the gameplay is still great. The Titan powers actually feel much better in terms of, like, uh, what you can do. I love the aspect where my characters that I created inside the original Destiny ported over relatively almost flawlessly the way they looked and stuff. They had, like, the ceremonial armor, so it's like... If I ever wanted to, I could actually keep continuing on playing with those characters, which is fantastic. I love how they carried that over. Yeah. There hasn't really been anything bad I could say about the game, surprisingly, so far. I've kind of enjoyed my experience, you know? I haven't seen anything wrong yet. i still got plenty more stuff to play from Destiny 2, but from what I've, in you know, have endured, I've enjoyed now let's go on to the next game. And this one is probably going to surprise you, Tyler. I went forth and I bought Cuphead on Steam. Oh, Not okay. only did I buy Cuphead on Steam, but I've already spent an hour and I'm already past the first world. What? Yes. How? How? I don't know Tell me how. your secret. I'll tell you this right now. This, this game, is bullshit. This game, reminds, this game reminds me so much of my youth. I absolutely love the gameplay of this game. When I went oh, forth, fuck, dude, uh, that flower boss, that freaking like uh, airplane boss and stuff, the blob, the freaking frogs, dude, that, the whole boss the, thing with the frogs oh and God. stuff, man, that was awesome. <laughs> Those frogs took me like an hour and a half. I hate you so much right now, Gables. You ruined beer for me, and now you ruined Cuphead for me. Dude, dude. This is the worst podcast ever. I don't understand how it took you an hour to get to the frogs. <laughs> They're so hard. It's so, the, the last part of the slot machines is insane. Oh, my. Oh. I'll tell I spent you seven hours in this game, and I beat the first. I beat three bosses in World 2. That's as far as I got. Really? 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what I did though, it's like the longest that it took me to actually go through. I think it must have been like maybe ten minutes, possibly. Oh, but that fuck was you. <laughs> that was with uh, that was with the airplane boss and stuff that transforms into a fucking moon. That crescent moon was awesome. <laughs> Honestly, that was the easiest boss to me. That one took me a few minutes. It yeah. took me like three or four tries. But the rest of them were like... Uh, the, the potato corn one, I thought was actually fairly easy too. The rest of them, oh, no. Oh, man, the, fl- no. the flower one was actually pretty cool too because it's like... A, it's Yeah. And I tell you what, man. It's like once I got to uh, the checkpoint and stuff, the music plays for the dice man, it's like, oh, my fucking oh, God. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yes, the best music in gaming history. I want to go to orchestra of the Cuphead music. Oh my god! Just to actually, just play the dice, the Dice King music for like three hours straight. I'd be cool with that, dude. It was so funny. Just hear the lyrics of it. it's like it's a dice man, the devil's right hand man. It's like oh mm-hmm. my god, that was so cool. This, and not only that, but like the running gun levels really felt like uh, something. Oh, they really felt like something that was taken out of something like a Contra, you know. Because yeah. this is immediately how I feel when playing, like, when I played Cuphead, is it feels like a great mix, not only of, like, the aesthetic of uh, the old 19, like, oh, God, 1930s, 1940s, like, say, black and white cartoons, but also it feels like a like a classic mix between Contra, between, like, uh, other, like, action platforming games... Oh gosh, say like a final fight or almost similar to that, but this is like this is definitely the type of experience I was not expecting coming in this this year. I thought that Cuphead was going to be the type of game where it's probably going to get good review scores or something like that. There's going to be a niche amount of people that are going to love playing this game. When I bought this game and I started playing it, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is fucking incredible." Everything about this game feels awesome from the get-go. The controls are tight. They are not gimmicky. They are not, like, stiff. They feel right. It's like... It's almost sort of like a Mario game style of, like, control in terms of uh, platforming. With that then and of that said and stuff, the difficulty inside Cuphead... Yeah, there are portions of this game that can be difficult, and I'll, can they can be difficult? Can? No. <laughs> but then again, it's like I'm past. I'm pretty much in past the first world. The game is going to get even more difficult as I progress. Which you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I mean, hell, I accept that. I mean, fuck, going through the different patterns and then just like recognizing it's some. That's something I haven't done in years and stuff in terms of like the Super Nintendo games that I play, the NES, and all this other. Oh man, it's just that type of difficulty I've actually in- missed playing games like Cuphead, you know, in terms of that. But uh... <laughs> I'm gonna start my own podcast, like side podcast now that you're not invited on, <laughs> where, where we're gonna talk about how terrible uh, cinnamon flavored things are, Cuphead and Unravel are. Oh my god, it's just gonna be a podcast every week about the, about those three things. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember you doing something like, uh, oh god, the last time, Tyler, you talked about a game that you really didn't enjoy and, like, I kind of quit as soon after was kind of like Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you beat the first enemy. Oh my gosh. Um, But, there was one more game that I did play, and that was Metroid Samus Returns. Ooh. I got Metroid. So... 
Here's a funny story. I went through the first hour and a half of Metroid, you know, Metroid 2 remake and stuff. I played a lot of the different things. I've encountered some of these Metroid enemies where you have to, like, time your, like, uh, counters and stuff with the melee moves. Which, let me say something for a second. The counter move inside this game is actually not so bad. It's really fun to just, when an enemy goes after you or something like that, you know exactly when to counter because the little thing kind of flashes a bit. Like a split second and then you press the x button and stuff and you just slap them out and just start blasting them and stuff that feels really good but uh inside of the game there's an element that you can use when you acquire the bomb now the bomb bomb jumping is something that's been prevalent in most if not like well yeah most metroid games barring the original but uh i'm not 100 sure so metroid fans don't chastise me but uh, bomb jumping inside Metroid Samus Returns is incredibly easy. And what I mean by incredibly easy, there were particular parts inside this game where I basically went to backtrack. About an hour and a half in, I backtracked. I used this bomb jumping method to go ahead and see if I could go, like, to... I basically tried to see where I want, needed to go. And uh, when I did that, I bomb jumped over this particular wall that was, like, uh, left of my spaceship. I got over there, and basically what ended up happening was I got myself trapped at the bottom of this canyon with almost literally no way to progress other than, uh, <laughs> well, by bomb jumping. So it's, I was literally trapped for a couple of days of this past week where I literally could not progress because there was this kind of like a triple i creature that was like on this door and stuff that i can't even like get past there were elements where i could not progress to another direction because there's these crystal like shards that i got to use something else to break through basically there was a couple different item weapons that i needed in order to progress through this area so how but here's the funny part about it at this this afternoon i managed to figure out how to get out of the thing so what i did is i simultaneously went ahead and i started bomb jumping up this canyon so i'm trying to use these advanced techniques to not only get get myself i got myself in this mess to begin with by using these bomb jumping methods and now i got myself out by basically going through using the bomb jumps i killed this damn creature that was like this a uh, flying bat-like creature with a long-ass tongue i basically killed this thing because every time i tried to escape it kept hitting me down the damn canyon so basically i came within five minutes of just resetting the game and starting a new save file but i didn't i came up with a strategy I bomb jumped to a certain extent, and I just just literally covered the damn creature and just bombed the fuck out of it <laughs> until I just finally got it off the screen. And I got only so much time before that thing respawned, so I went back to the bottom of this canyon, bomb jumped my way out of the canyon after like my 50th attempt, and I got myself out of... Uh, <laughs> of a potentially like uh, game-breaking scenario. I don't know how I did it, but I actually ended up going through 
getting myself out of there, and continuing on the game like normal. And not only just that, but now I'm basically exploring my third sector. I've already beaten around, I want to say, four or five different Metroids. So how the Metroid creatures sort of work is uh, they inhabit these different creatures. And so what what I've been facing off so far have been inhabiting these sort of like uh, flying creatures to the extent where they hatch... Basically, they trap this uh, creature. They uh, like just basically kill it, and the remnants of the Metroid just goes and just delves into like the creature's dead body and sort of uses it sort of like a host body, so it uh, you know gets even more pissed and stuff like that when you face it. And the main crux of it, it's like you gotta use this counter just exactly right in order to do massive damage to it, like using your missiles, using your things, and that and stuff. Another thing that's really cool is you can actually use the spider ball inside this game. Dude, this game has all the classic like uh, Metroid uh, like weapon power-ups and stuff. The spider ball I have not used since like Metroid Prime. That is so cool cuz you can actually latch on to like the rock formations and like the metal like uh, the metal portions of the wall. There's, like, only a couple different things you can't really climb up on, and this this type of goop or something that's on the ceilings and stuff that you can't really go, like, over. <laughs> but, uh, dude, this game is freaking fantastic so far. And I'm absolutely loving it. <laughs> so, other than that, though, yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Well, so if there was ever a debate, it's officially over. Gables is better than me in video games. <laughs> and in the time oh, he was God. talking about how he, how much better he was, bragging about how I, uh, he's better than me in video games, I have opened up uh, another <laughs> cinnamon beer. So, <laughs> oh my God, uh, it's to that point where he's now just drinking the beer, just yeah. trying to forget. <laughs> yep. So that's that's my life now. Anyways, uh, I don't even know. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm playing. Uh, I talked about it earlier in the show a game called Evil Within Two. Yeah. I'm only playing it on normal because I'm not nearly as good at video games as Gables is. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm playing Evil Within Two. Uh, you've been listening to the show for a long time. Uh, back last for, for a few years or so, you know. Uh, uh, I love Evil Within One. Uh, I remember initially in the first time I talked about this, when I played only the first couple hours, I didn't like it. And then when I played it actually on actual life 2014, I played it for a bunch and uh, fell in love with it during that time and ended up being, I think, one of, I want to say like fifth or sixth in my game of the year that year. Yeah. Um, maybe higher, a little higher. Uh, but a really good game. Had a uh, little janky at times. Uh, story was. Uh, but a uh, really good, uh, kind of set a really good base for, uh, a, for a potentially really good franchise. And I was a little concerned. I didn't know how well it sold and if it was a disappointment or not. I knew it sold pretty well, but I didn't know if it was considered well enough for a sequel. And you know, I didn't know if we ever get another one. And lo and behold, E3 2017, goddamn, we got one. Uh, and it's, it's finally out now. Uh, so I want to say, like, I, I've. About eight hours into this game now, I've been playing nonstop pretty much Ooh. since I got the game. 
Uh, I'm on chapter 12. Yeah, chapter 12. Um, I feel like I'm getting close to the end. Uh, at one point, I thought I actually was at the end, and I was like, oh, no, there's a whole other, other section of this game. Um, but it feels like it's kind of like an, a, it's got that Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2 kind of feel to it, where, uh, you know, for, first game was kind of here's what we're, we're doing, and then, like, the second one's like, all right, what well, we're doing, we're going to take that and expand on it we're going to take what worked well and we're going to build on to top of that oh and that's what it feels like they did in this game where uh it was one even within one was a very linear game which anything nothing wrong with that i mean i almost prefer those linear games over some a lot of open world games um and this one uh so kind of the main story is you play as uh sebastian i don't know why i can't say that that word very well sebastian uh castioni i think is his name last name uh but he was a character from the first one and in the first game, he goes to, like, this uh, Beacon Mental Hospital, and he gets sucked into this, like, kind of, like, I guess, like, the best way to describe it is like the Matrix, called the Stem, and it's this, like, alternate reality kind of thing, and uh, it's, like, a lot of crazy shit happens. Someone's, like, uh, taking it over, kind of does whatever the hell they want to do with their mind, and uh, see a lot of crazy, a lot of horror in that game. And this one, I think it's three years later, and... Uh, He's still dealing with the effects uh, um, his daughter's death, uh, Lily, and this is all whatever everything I'm going to say in the next couple minutes is in the first like cutscene of the game, first okay. 20, 30 minutes. Uh, so in this one, he's dealing with the death of his daughter, and these people find him. He comes to find out that actually his daughter is not dead. Uh, this this uh, Mo- Mobius, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, is this company that actually uh, is like running the stem, the Matrix, basically. And they are using, they, they faked her death, Lily's death. She's a little girl. Uh, uh, so, cause she, I guess she's like incredibly smart and her mind can actually kind of run the stem, uh, the, the matrix essentially. And, um, he's going in there, something went wrong and they lost contact with her and they sent a team in there after her to make things right. And they, they lost contact with him too. So they sent him in there to, um, basically get his, his daughter back and also get get their people back and fix everything, and kind of jumps in there and everything has gone awry. It's just like the first one where uh, a lot of zombie-like creatures are back, a lot of big enemies, a lot of big bosses in the game. Not the big boss, but big bosses. Um, and the the big changes in this one is at least in the first good chunk of the game is I don't want to say open world, but you're in um, open environments. Where, uh, like I said, the first one was very linear and just kind of followed the path. And this one actually, like, it drops, like, so basically the stem is, like, this fake little small town they, they made called the uh, Union. And um, kind of, it's, it's a few, it's only a couple square blocks, but you can actually, you get dropped off into this little town. And you can go around and go inside, like, actual houses and stuff like that. You can investigate, you can find, and a big thing with this game is, like, crafting and uh, earning uh, this green gel you get from like killing enemies or you can find it throughout the world uh, throughout the game and you can like upgrade your skill tree and you can craft to make weapons and uh, health items things like that um and power up your uh your weapons and stuff like that um and this one i feel like it almost you don't think you necessarily have to but the more you explore in this game the better you are in this game uh, I, I feel like you're going to be the more easier you're going to make it for yourself uh and just exploring this and like reading about the town and reading about some of the ba- the characters you find like you you'll bump into other characters in the game like real actual characters that like that were sent in there to fix everything uh and doing learning more about their backstory and learning what happened before you got there 
more about the the the, the company that the, that is running this. Um, the story overall in this one is a lot makes a lot more sense, uh, and I find the the you know, kind of the backstory stuff behind it really interesting. Just finding notes, newspaper articles, things like that, and yeah, it's all I think pretty interesting. Uh, and I like going around like you find these houses and there's like weird there's actually like side side missions side quests you can do in this game and you can find uh, you find other people you can like there's this weird witch thing you can find that's all like side quest stuff um, that like take drops you off in this weird uh, this weird like out like weird events um, but yeah it, it's really cool I like all that like it, I, when I first heard about that being a thing and when I first like started playing I'm like I don't know if I want <laughs> like I like Evil Within for one for what it was but uh turn out like just wandering around this world and like like trying to like a, like it's a lot of sneaking in this game like it, you gotta be smart because this game uh, the first game was really rough about ammo and like health and things like that yeah this one's a lot more um a lot more lenient on it and I think that being in the open environment helps that like I am definitely upgrading my weapons and my skill tree a lot faster than I did in the first game. And I think that's just due to me exploring a lot more. Um, but the, the trying to decide, trying to be, a, you're trying to be smart. You want like, when's a good time to fight? When t- when's a good time not to? And this game is incredibly challenging when you, um, cause you'll find like a pack of these zombie like creatures and like fighting two, two of them at a time can be difficult, but then you'll find a pack of like three or four of them. Then you'll find like, uh, there's like a one step above those zombies. It's a little more powerful, a little faster, uh, and you're like, ooh, like this isn't gonna go well for me. I've died a lot in this game, just because uh, you know Gables is better than me. Um, <laughs> and this game, just uh, just trying to like trying to you know, do a little more than I may, maybe capable of, especially in that time, especially in the beginning of the game. This game is incredibly tough because you don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of ammo, and you're still trying to learn the ropes of the game uh, and learning what you can and can't do. But it's uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. I like all that, and then just kind of like going to the world and like. The, the main boss, like the the main enemy, uh, I found in this game, uh, Stefiano, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. He's like this weird artist type of guy. Wears a purple suit, takes pictures, and his make his big thing he does is like uh, he's kind of the one that's like making the world go crazy. Is uh, he likes to take pictures of people the moment they die, so he'll kill somebody and take a picture of them as they die. Uh, he reminds me of like remember the boss from Bioshock that takes pictures of like after he kills people. Yeah. And he posts her pictures everywhere. He's like almost that, Ugh. like almost like. Uh, he's almost like it almost feels like a almost a carbon copy off of that uh, in a way. Um, yeah, this, I mean this game it, it's it's incredibly fun. I like I, like I said I put eight hours in this game already in the first I don't know thirty six hours or so I had the game and uh, I, I'm gonna probably play more of it after this is after we're done recording. Um, but they found they like they. I was really hyped for this game. And like I said earlier uh, in the show, like this is a year where every big game is living up to the hype and this game has lived up to the hype and it surpassed it in every way, um, the way imaginable to me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to beat this game before South Park comes out. Cause I'm worried that once South Park comes out, like nothing comes before South Park. To right. Me, uh, as far as video games go. So I'm worried that like, if I, if I don't get this done, it's, I don't know if I will get this done, but, uh, not because this is it's not because this isn't a good game or anything, but yeah, this is a fantastic game. And if you're somebody like me that loved Resident Evil Four from two generations ago or Dead Space from the generation before that, this is probably the best and only way you're gonna you're gonna find anything like that. And this is a really good example of uh, what those kind of games are uh, like could be in 2017. So if you were a big fan of that, you, you I would recommend finding like a YouTube video or something like that and look up the backstory from the first game because they do. Um, to have a lot of characters from that they do talk a lot back a lot about the first game 
Um, but you really could just jump into this game for the most part um, and be okay. Like, you're not going to understand everything, but 90% of this you don't need to know anything about. Like, a lot of that they, they go over in the beginning of the game. Uh, so, yeah, big, huge, two big, huge thumbs up for me. Uh, incredible game. Uh, like I said, I'm going to play more of that here soon. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, I'm sure if Gables was playing it, uh, he would have beat it six times already. <laughs> I'm just I'm just simple old Tyler, you know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, great game. Uh, anyways, love you, Gables. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna drink take a take a drink of my Fireball beer real quick. So it's definitely re- better than the original, don't you? Would you? Wouldn't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything about this. The the uh, oh, something I forgot to mention actually. There is some jank to this game. Yeah, not nearly as bad as the first game, but they're like I've had issues where like. Uh, I'd be on a ledge above an enemy, like trying to get away from him. I hop on a ledge, and he'd actually like clip through the ledge. Wow! And just walk right through it and come in and attack me and kill me. Uh, I've had cases where I walk around, like the frame rate will drop here and there. Um, and then also, I had um, one occasion, a couple occasions actually, where like I go to like the thing I like to do was like shoot an enemy in the leg, and he'll fall down and I'll stomp him. Kind of like it's like a Resident Evil Four type of thing, and Dead Space is the same way. Uh, and there's been a few occasions where like an enemy's walking towards me, but their legs aren't visible. Like they have no legs, but they're walking towards me. Like the animation of them walking is is happening, but the actual physical legs you cannot see. And I try to shoot them, and they're not there. And they're not hovering. They're just the legs are missing. Ah, so I see. It's a glitch. Um, that I mean that's that's minor. Like it's few and far between. Uh, yeah, man, it's so much better than the first it's one. Just... I would I would I would say play the first one because it's really good. And if you're not like Put it on easy, maybe if you if you want to, but uh, um, yeah, just to fly through it. But you can find it cheap now. I've seen it on sale for like five bucks several times. Oh, so someone like say who has probably never played the series or something before, they would you would probably recommend them just to play the first one, you know, like first or something. Uh, I mean, I'd recommend it because it's a really good game, and also for the story's sake. But uh, and you don't necessarily have to if you just want to jump into this one. You're more than welcome to do so. Awesome. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's all like I said, it's awesome. Uh, happy to be back in that world as scary and as dreadful as I feel the entire time I play the game. And the boss battles are excellent too. It, it I mean, it makes sense. It makes, it reminds me of like old school Resident Evil because, uh, the guy, um, I can't remember his name, but he, uh, uh, he was like basically the creator of Resident Evil 4. Uh, is the, is basically is the creator of Evil Within, the director of Evil Within games. So, uh, makes all the sense in the world that this is basically, um, this generation's Resident Evil 4 games, yeah. the, like the evolution of those games. So yeah, if you if you love those games, I mean, it makes you should definitely check this out because it's basically just the 2014, 2017 editions of those games. Uh, awesome. So yeah, yes. Uh, but it's time to head on out of here. That's the end of the show for the week. Um, before we get out of here, if you guys want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group. It is Drunk da- uh, Drunk da- Drunk Nerds Podcast. Uh, so like and join us on there. Um, give at least a review on there as well. Uh, on YouTube, we are Drunk Nerds Podcast. Subscribe to us, like our videos, our podcast goes up on there. Same with iTunes, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Leave us a five star review. If you leave a comment, I'll shout you out. Uh, on Twitch, we are Drunk Nerds Podcast. Follow us on there. Send us a friend request. We like friends. Friends are cool. We're friends. Gables and I are friends. Oh, yeah. uh, and like, we'd like for you to be our friend too. Uh, join us. Um, that sounds a little creepy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> And then also, I'm forgetting one, ain't I? Oh, boy. Twitter. Twitter. Uh, we are at Drunk Nerds Pod. So, so uh, follow us on there. Uh, 
one place we go to whenever the show goes up I, it goes up there immediately so um yeah thank you guys so much for listening i was your host i was tyler and i have been colonel gables so until next week listeners ah play yourself something good play yourself something nice and overall just uh have yourself a good time yes <laughs> yes have yourself a merry little christmas <laughs> wait yeah do that have just, just eat ham actually ham's good i like ham <laughs> you ever had a rum ham rum ham sounds really good rum ham it's like a it's like a ham baked in rum ham ham Anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Have yourself a brilliant. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number